Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Monday, October 23rd, 2023, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are continuing our study on the book of 1 Corinthians over this two-part study over the books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And today we're specifically looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 1 Corinthians chapter 3, chapter verse 4. And what we're going to see in this passage is that Paul gives us a description of three types of people. Number one, the natural or carnal person. Number two, the spiritually maturing believer. And then number three, the immature believer. And at the center of the entire description is verse 16 in chapter two, which it says, because we are in Christ, we now have the mind of Christ. As a reminder, the Christian life is not about striving, but about relying supremely on Christ. When we rest in Christ and rely on the Spirit, then we get instruction and wisdom from the very mind of God. As we will see in this passage, we need not rely upon ourselves or look out for our own interest, but we need to look to Christ. We don't seek strife and divisions, but we seek unity in the Spirit of Christ. These categories were important as Paul addressed the church in Corinth. Corinth was pagan and carnal, following the natural way of sin and enslaved the passions of the world. Then, within the church, the pagan culture was sneaking in, creating division, strife, and bringing in worldly carnal life into the church. Instead of preaching a solid doctrine, some of the churches in Corinth were watering down the gospel, adding legalism and tarnishing the reputation of Christ. Beloved, before we look at this letter and think these things are ancient history, let's look at our culture. We are steeped in paganism. We are allowing the word of God to be twisted before our eyes because we have allowed the world to interpret the Bible as opposed to resting on the mind of Christ, which is ours through salvation. So now let's look at this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, through 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, starting in verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. A spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? The carnal and the natural person does what comes natural to a person who is perishing. 
The lost person lacks the spirit of God and therefore is enslaved to the fallen nature. We see from this passage two characteristics of the carnal person. First, the carnal person does not accept spiritual things. Paul says it this way to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Lost people at lost because they cannot comprehend the message of the gospel. Look back at verse 9. We see that no eye has seen the splendor and majesty of God, which delights greater than worldly pleasure. And no ear has heard a message of love so clear that would bind all longings for affection. And no heart could begin to imagine the feast of joy, which stops the pursuit of temporal highs. You see, beloved, If you do not see the majesty and the wisdom and the love of God, you cannot appreciate it. As Paul explains in verse 10, the mystery of God is not known by the pursuit of flesh, but by the pursuit of the spirit. If you do not accept spiritual things, then you cannot ascertain the infinite pleasure and joy of the Father. Verse 13 says it this way, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The wisdom is not imparted by the flesh. All pursuits for fleshly desire are vanity. The book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says, And I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. The natural man can hear the message of the gospel and of the spirit, but they cannot translate it as a spiritually valuable and wonderful. Only the Holy Spirit can translate, and the natural man does not know the things and ways of God. You see, The first time I was in China in 2004, I didn't understand that Mandarin Chinese is a tonal language. And now I I truly don't really understand the language either. But what I have learned is that there are sounds that are made into phrases and words, not by different sounds, but by different tones. And there was one time I thought two of our teammates were mad at one another. And when I asked what they were talking about, they said how delightful the day had been a few weeks earlier with their daughters. I thought they were fussing. And in reality, they were enjoying time reminiscing. The same way the natural man is tone deaf to the ways and things of God. It is like a man who has never been to China trying to decipher the Mandarin language. But then the second thing we see about the carnal person is that the carnal person does not appreciate. They don't accept, but they certainly don't appreciate either spiritual things. Paul says that spiritual things are folly to the one who is perishing. It's foolish and not to be appreciated or valued. However, in Corinth and today in our culture, we are allowing carnal men the ability to speak into theology and doctrine. We twist the gospel and we twist God's word to try to make it appetizing to someone who will never love it or appreciate it. It is a well-documented fact around the halls at Lifeline that I do not like chicken salad because I hate one of the base ingredients, mayonnaise. 
Mayonnaise is by far the worst substance known to man, and it even pains me to even begin to speak of that substance. It's, it's better just to call it Satan's spit. Well, one time when I was a youth pastor in York, Alabama, they had nothing to do run night because there's literally nothing to do in York, Alabama. And they slathered Satan's spit all over my car. I, I promptly called their parents to wash it off. You see, you don't want me to help you with your chicken salad recipe because I hate one of the core ingredients. I hate the part that holds it all together. However, beloved, in the church today, we many times allow those who hate the God of the Bible to explain him, to describe him, and even to tell us what they think about him. They detest our God because the carnal person will never see as beautiful, precious, or valuable the Bible or the gospel. They are insensitive to the beauty and the aroma of Christ, and instead, they smell death. For the carnal man, Paul shifts to describe the spiritually maturing believer, and he makes four key points about this believer in contrast to the carnal man. The first is the mature believer is informed by the Spirit. Jesus says this in John chapter 14, verse 15 through 18, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. For I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is why Paul says in verse 10, the things of God are revealed by the Spirit. And not only are the things of God informed by the Spirit, but also who we really are is informed by the Spirit. We see our need for Jesus because of the illuminating instruction of the Spirit. But as the maturing believer is not just informed by the Spirit, the maturing believer is also instructed by the Spirit. And the instruction of the Spirit tells us that we are to pass on the gospel to others. We are now tasked as the interpreters of the gospel to the lost. We have no time to gratify the flesh when we are consumed with the instructions of Christ Jesus to go and spread the gospel and make disciples. When we are called to make disciples that last in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we realize that these aren't disciples of ourselves, but disciples of Jesus. We must have the Spirit's instruction if we are to instruct others. So as maturing believers, we are informed, instructed, but we are also granted discernment by the Spirit. As a mature believer, we are given discernment. The Spirit tells us when something or someone is not right. We are to be judged by Christ alone, and we in turn trust only in the Spirit of God to see clearly. And last but not least and fourth, the maturing believer is blameless before God. Galatians 2.20 says, We have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. The life we now live, we live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Jesus' life is our life. We are united with Jesus, which means we have his mind. Like Paul says here in verse 16, we have the mind of Christ. This means that more and more every day we begin to think like Jesus and we begin to think like Jesus and his word when we meditate on his word. It all begins to make sense when we daily are communing with the Father. The psalmist says in Psalm 1-1, Blessed is the one who meditates on his law day and night and finds delight in it. The more we meditate on the word, the more our minds are conformed to the mind of Christ. Our thoughts conform to his thoughts. In turn, with this mind, we begin to live according to the life that he's designed for us to live. 
His life becomes our life. His mind, our mind. His heart, our heart. His desire, our desire. His love, our love. Beloved, this is union with Christ. And if we are to be mature, maturing believers, we need to be informed by the Spirit, instructed by the Spirit. We need to take advantage of the discernment that is granted. And we need to know that we are blameless before God the Father. But lastly, Paul talks about the immature or stagnant believer. Paul calls them infants in Christ, fleshly believers. They are redeemed people who act lost and are still captivated by the flesh. These are believers who are too easily prone to quarrels and divisions, as well as to allowing worldly doctrine to enter into the church. These believers argue over simple and meaningless things, and the truth, beloved, throughout the process of our sanctification is that we too can wander into immature Christianity. Two quick descriptions, which when we see them in our lives should propel us to the arms of Christ for solid food. And that the difference between immaturity and carnality, when addressed with our weakness and sin, we run away or we run into the arms of Jesus. The immature run to the father, the worldly run away. The first thing that we see is the immature are weak. Verses 1 through 2 of chapter 3 says that Paul cannot address them as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. He said, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you are not ready. Paul says you are still of the flesh. Bottom line, the immature were not ready. A baby who cannot eat solid food cannot because they have weak or no teeth. A weak or undeveloped esophagus and a weak or not ready to process stomach. Those who are clinging to milk and not to solid food in the Christian life are weak. Hebrews 6, chapter 1 through 2 says it this way. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and the faith towards God and of instructions about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The elementary teachings were of repentance, baptism, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, resurrection, and judgment. They needed to be taught again and again, and they were not walking in Christ. The Corinthian believers were still weak when they should have been strong. Acting like a baby is cute when one is little, but completely out of place when one is grown. Oh, beloved, let us not be weak in our faith, but let us cling to maturity. Let us cling to the Spirit. The second thing that we see about immature believers is that they are prone to habitual sin. Paul says they are still in the flesh. Verse 3 and 4 says, You are still in the flesh. There is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow a Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? In other words, the immature believer begins to still act like pagans, persons without the spirit. Division is the way of the world, not the way of Christ. Demanding one's way and rights is the way of the flesh. Carnality gets us lost in the weeds, caring more about little things than big things. Always arguing, but never content. Always fighting, but never satisfied. Carnal Christians never build up the church or one another. They always drag it down. And so, beloved, let us seek to be maturing believers who are helping our weaker and immature brothers and sisters, and ultimately that we can reach the world for the gospel of Christ. And let us guard this gospel and this doctrine of fidelity. 
Let us not water down the message of Christ, but let us cling to Christ and to his word. Thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week, we are praying for year-end giving and the support of Lifeline, which comes so clearly in the fourth quarter. Not only is this a time of great generosity because of the end of the year, this is also a time of events. And we have some of our bigger events at the end of the year in the fourth quarter, our Lifeline dinners that happen all throughout. And so let's pray for these dinners, for the right people to come, and for the response to be Uh, one that would support this ministry for years to come. So Lord, we just ask that uh, you would be with these dinners that are going on. Father, that you would move churches and community connections to sponsor tables and to register to attend and bring their friends. We, We pray for birth parents that will be speaking or adoptive parents or all of the speakers that they would make a gospel impact. And that the dinners would have a gospel impact on particularly these birth mothers and, and, and these birth families. We also pray for a gospel impact on any attendees that are unbelievers. Would your gospel go forth and penetrate their hearts as they learn not just about Lifeline, but that the Spirit would illuminate the things of God to them as well. We ask that you would be with all the logistics for all of these many dinners. Would you ask that... We do just ask that that things would be smooth and and that it would make sense and and that things would go well so that ultimately people who have a heart to fund would be able to connect to the ways that they can support. We also pray for staff who are volunteering their time to put on these dinners. Many of these dinners have small teams and and everyone has a role to make these things happen. And so would you continue to, to pray for our team as they put it together? We also pray for families interested in learning more about adoption or churches that are are learning more about partnering or financial partners who want to know how they can give generously. We pray that the Lord will continue to use these events to speak to each of the participants in unique areas. We also pray for our state directors that you give them ample time to follow up with those who give, to be able to thank them, to be able to to show appreciation. We also just pray that... um, that you would just help the per person average gift to increase, that there wouldn't just be lots of people attending, but lots of people that feel compelled to give and to give generously. Oh, Lord God, we know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And so we trust you as you go before us in all of these events. And ultimately, Lord God, let it be for your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.